Hello, and welcome back to the PSC in Conversation. The PSC is a specialist consultancy dedicated to improving UK public services, so this podcast is designed to share everything you need to know about the big issues affecting the public sector. You'll hear interviews with influential voices and conversations with our consultants about the challenges they're wrestling with. So if you're as fascinated as we are by the inner workings of public services, you are in the right place. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes. Today, we are so, so excited to be joined by Dr. Kaylee Tashantaluk. She's currently working as a paediatric registrar in Alice Springs in Australia, but she's from the UK. On top of her really demanding day job, she's the organisation's lead of Skin Deep. Skin Deep is an initiative aimed at providing a free open access bank of photographs of medical conditions in the paediatric population in a range of different skin tones. She also has a blog called Musings of a Black Medic, where she writes on topics intersecting blackness, feminism and medicine. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. All of the um, kind of spiel where I intro you, I'll record that separately because it's kind of awkward for me to be gassing you <laughs> in isolation. So I guess I'll just start, start right with the questions. Okay, so... So uh, we're about to start speaking with Kaylee to now. It's a guest that I'm super excited to have on, maybe the most excited that I've been yet. And um, yeah, so Kaylee, it sounds like you've been really, really busy over the past few years. Let's start off. Can you tell us a bit about you and how you came to be part of Skin Deep? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Kaylita Shantaluk. Um, I'm a black British doctor of Jamaican descent. I'm currently living in Alice Springs in Australia, um, which is pretty awesome. Was in Gold Coast and Melbourne prior to that. Um, I'm super interested in paediatrics um, and also addressing the inequalities that are present in health and medicine. Um, and that's kind of what led me to be a part of Skin Deep. It was actually quite serendipitous how I ended up being a part of the team. So I was just on, on Twitter, as you, as you do, um, having a little scroll um, and then saw this post um, basically about Skin Deep and its aims, which are basically to diversify um, the skin tones that are present in paediatric dermatological education, so skin. Um, and I was like, I'm very much about this. Um, so they put a little email address that I could contact and contacted them. And yeah, I've been involved ever since then, which would have been July of last year. So for the layperson, can you tell us a bit about what is the current state of medical images and why is it so important to have an open access bank of photographs um, in a range of skin tones? Perfect. So I'll probably start off with why having this open access skin bank or image bank is important. Um, and one of the main reasons is that skin is such an important indicator of so many different medical conditions. Um, and what makes Skin Deep so kind of unique and special is that it's particularly focused on babies and children and young adults. Um, and in this patient group, um, skin is even more important with regards to medical indicators. So, for example, um, if you think about meningococcal septicemia or sepsis, as it can often be known and um, to the layperson. One of the big advertising campaigns and teaching campaigns is the Tumblr, um, the Tumblr sign. Don't know if you remember the ad campaigns, but it was like if your child has a rash and you put a glass tumbler over it and it doesn't go away, yeah, then you're in trouble, go to the hospital, seek medical advice ASAP. Um, and obviously that sign would be something that would be quite difficult to elicit in somebody who has dark skin such as myself. Um, yeah, so 
and also in jaundice, which is basically a yellowing of the skin, which is quite common in babies, but can lead to quite severe brain damage if it's left untreated and the levels get quite high. Um, one of the main ways of seeing that or the ways in which it's often alerted to me when I'm, as I'm a doctor will be a nurse or a midwife coming to me and being like, does this baby look a bit, a little bit jaundice to you, a little bit yellow? And then you go, you have a little look, you get them in the light and they're like, yeah, they do. We should probably do, do some blood tests and check that. Um, and obviously, once again, that's something that's a lot more difficult to pick up in children and babies of colour. Um, so it's super important that we are educating doctors and healthcare professionals um, about how these things look in children who have darker skin tones just to make sure that we can improve diagnosis um, and therefore management to make sure that these children aren't having adverse outcomes as a result of, of their skin colour, basically to make sure that they're not yeah, inappropriately, um, yeah, affected. So when you did your medical training, how diverse was the, the image libraries that you looked at or the, the resources that you had? Not at all. They were, there was really pretty, yeah, so limited. I can't actually, thinking back to it now, I can't think of even one example that's coming to mind of all the lectures that I had and bearing in mind I went to uni for six, six years um, to be a doctor which was a long time a lot of medical resources and there's not one that sticks out to me as me remembering like okay that's somebody who has a skin colour that looks like me and something that would be applicable to somebody like me um, and yeah yeah and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable how Eurocentric um, and yeah, focused on light skin and, Euro and yeah, European ideals, the medical education actually is, especially given the fact that when we're working in places like the UK um, and also Australia, they're exceptionally um, culturally and ethnically diverse. So what does your work look like in practice and how difficult has it been to collate all of these different images? Um, so in practice, as you probably gathered from some of the preamble chat that we've had, I live a very busy, busy life. Um, so Skin Deep is kind of my, my side hustle, um, which I do with a large team of exceptionally dedicated and pretty awesome people. So Skin Deep as a project is part of a wider um, paediatric medical education scheme called Don't Forget the Bubbles, which is well known around the world. Um, and our current team in Skin Deep involves paediatric emergency doctors, paediatricians, paediatric dermatologists, um, and a whole group of people who work together to help get the images from around the world. So we have a doctor who's in charge of different hospitals around the world. And currently we get images from South Africa, Kenya, Peru, um, Italy, Australia. So yeah, we get images coming in from all over the world. Um, my job is liaising and working with different organisations, so be they medical institutions or patient support groups, to try and get images and expand our photo bank in that way. And then all photos have to go through review by two different dermatologists, and everybody's pretty much doing this as their, in addition to their full or part-time work as a doctor, just because it's something that we're all really passionate about. So it definitely takes a lot of work and is a... Yeah, a labour of love for a lot of people. And yeah, I think everybody in the team yeah, just really wants to see better equality in paediatric medicine. So yeah, 
When you've been engaging with, uh, or you and your team have been engaging with hospitals across the world, uh, consultants across the world, have you found that there's been a lot of appetite for, for this platform? Absolutely. I haven't approached any doctor, organisation, institution who hasn't thought that this was an excellent idea that has been long in the waiting. Um, Obviously, there are examples of similar um, online resources for adults. So you've got Mind the Gap, um, which is an excellent resource for adults, and Brown Skin Matters. Um, But as I said before, ours specifically um, focuses on children. Um, And yeah, everybody's been like, very much behind this. This is something that's been needed for a long time and are very keen to get behind. And I think that's why we have such a great image bank at the moment. We have 388 images with about 20 pouring in from all over the world a week. Um, so yeah, it's very rapidly expanding. But yeah, people are definitely hungry for this and people are using the resource as well, which is good. Do you have a particular end goal for the project? Do you know what um, the ultimate success would look like for it? Uh, so the ultimate success from my point of view, which I think is shared by the wider team at Skin Deep, um, is to have it be a world-leading resource, which is available to use and wildly used around the world, pretty much. Um, also to expand not only just on the images, but the explanations of the conditions themselves and kind of have it almost be a ethnically diverse paediatric equivalent to a well-used resource called Dermnet NZ. A lot of doctors will know about that because it's your classic go-to. If you've got any skin condition in an adult, you're like, Dermnet NZ will tell me what to do. Um, so we're hoping to basically make an equivalent of that. Um, and in addition to that, we're also very keen to um, keep up with technology and we're aware that artificial intelligence um, is becoming increasingly used um, both for research um, and for clinical use in dermatology and we're very keen to ensure that Skin Deep is a part of that technological advancement and is able to ensure that any artificial intelligence or AI tools that are used um, are yeah are fair and equitable of course dermatology is one specialty where um color of skin is really important but also there are lots of other different health qualities sometimes intersecting with race sometimes intersecting with other things um what other priorities do you have um do you mean skin deep as a whole or me as a individual clinician uh you as an individual ah well me as an individual i've got a lot of goals <laughs> a lot of aims a lot of goals um yeah so absolutely like you said um i'm very much for equity for all individuals um in healthcare and as you said that includes the intersection with gender, sexuality, um, your religious background, um, people who um, have differing abilities um, with regards to physical or intellectual ability, um, and basically just trying to, as cliche as it sounds, just literally make, ensure that everybody, regardless of what they've been through in their life, is able to obtain the same level of healthcare. Um, and obviously that's a very big aim, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that by starting with Skin Deep and being able to do this work with a group of people that are very knowledgeable and are very good at doing the infrastructure and things such as that, that we can then help to springboard onto, onto different projects and looking at different aspects of inequality in healthcare. 
Um, for example, another branch of Skin Deep that we're developing at the moment um, is also looking at genetic conditions. Um, so looking at different images and representations of genetic conditions in individuals from different backgrounds and different skin colours. All super important. There was also, um, I think people are increasingly talking about the extent to which patients are believed, especially around pain, maybe in an emergency setting. Do you have any reflections on, I suppose, diversity in the way that people are believed or listened to in their healthcare experiences? Absolutely. Um, So there's been quite a few interesting articles being circulated recently, um, particularly in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, where black voices are um, finally being allowed to take up the space that they deserve and talk about the issues that we face um, and have them be believed to be true, Um, which they are, obviously. Um, But yeah, particularly you find that black individuals, particularly black women, um, when they're in pain, are felt to be over-exaggerating or putting it on and it's been shown that they're less likely to receive pain relief and to be believed compared to their white counterparts. Um, And there's also on the, almost like the converse, but slightly parallel, um, with women from Southeast Asian backgrounds are often stereotyped as being overdramatic and when they're screaming out in pain, um, people are often quite intolerant of that and basically don't really believe them. Um, and I've definitely seen both of those instances um, occur in my presence while I've been a junior doctor. Um, it often shocks me because I'm like, if people are willing to do that in front of me as a black woman um, and feel no shame, I wonder what they're doing when there's no body of colour around. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I've a myriad of examples of both patient and healthcare staff um, yeah, being treated exceptionally poorly based, based solely on the colour of their skin, unfortunately. Yeah, it's sad. And there's just so many elements of it to unpick. But hopefully with the obviously the work that you're doing, we can start to make, you know, small changes that will hopefully turn into something bigger in the future. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a, that's a hope. There's a long, a long way to go. But what's quite reassuring and inspiring is that there is a lot more research coming out now um, that is showing these disparities for these health outcome disparities um, for what they are. For example, you had the Embrace UK um, study in 2019, which showed that black women were five times more likely to die in pregnancy or childbirth than their white counterparts. Um, And in 2020, so last year, Greenwood produced um, a pretty groundbreaking paper um, which said that black babies were more likely to die in the care of a white doctor than they were in a black doctor. What I think we need to do now is look at the reasons as to why that is and how we can address that. Um, So yeah, yeah, I think that's the next steps that need to be taken. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to speak to you and uh, we at the PSC wish you all of the luck in the world in a achieving all of those goals that you talked about and uh, making Skin Deep everything that you want it to be. Excellent, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to, to be on the podcast. 
Thank you, Kaylita. That was a really interesting conversation and a real emotional rollercoaster as well, from the shock of hearing that you had never really seen diverse images in your medical training to some of the sad experiences around patients that you talked about as well. Um, that said, uh, also really inspirational. The work that you do is so important and it seems like um, the medical community is really ready to embrace that. So we wish you all the best. This interview is part of a series of podcasts and content that we're doing to shine a light on inequalities in healthcare and to share the stories of people starting to drive a positive change. I recently wrote a piece with my colleague Arup on the diagnosis problem for our blog where we talk about why diagnosis can sadly be fraught with inaccuracies for ethnic minorities and ask how we can improve it. So do head over to our website, thepsc.co.uk forward slash news dash insights to read that. This has been the PSC in Conversation. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back with another episode very soon featuring analysis on another big challenge facing public services. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or we'd love to hear from you with questions, comments or suggestions at hello at the PSC.co.uk.